Bunker Podcast. The Bunker Podcast. With Rick, Big Rob, and Cali Cow. The Bunker Podcast. The Bunker Podcast. Yo, I've been calling my basement the Bunker for years. Bunker for years, man. It ain't nothing like when you make that blend oh, and it shit. just hits perfect right it's off the cuff. Perfect, yo, off off of the first attempt. Right off the goddamn cuff. Shout out to the rock. Yeah, man. It's Terramonica. Tell y'all, tell y'all, man. Terramonica not bad. Terramonica's not bad. We need a we need an endorsement deal, man. Hey, hey no question. endorsement deal, boy. Hey, Terramonica marketing, we'll be hitting you up soon. Hell yeah. I tell you one thing, I, I didn't have that Terramonica last night for that versus. <laughs> didn't watch it. Had no plan watching. You know, had what's no crazy? energy watching it. I thought that it came on um, last Friday, but it came on last Thursday. Yeah, it's a, yesterday. So, yeah. So like you know. I really didn't have no enthusiasm to watch it either, but I mean, you know, I'm not like you know, breaking my neck to go hear Keisha Cole or uh, Ashanti. What was, I, the, what was the what was the what was the trend of it? Was there anything going on? Uh, what I saw was that it was late. Um, yeah, late, late <laughs> as hell, boy. Yeah, I heard, joint, I heard, I heard it took a step back too, though. Uh-huh. Before the joint started, um, Swiss Beats commented on the live. This is mad disrespectful. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah unprofessional. Why? They just showed up late as hell. From what I, I mean, but you, you're talking to somebody who didn't see it themselves. Right. So, I mean, I didn't see it myself. Oh, speculation. But, around, but, I, mean. <laughs> I but, heard. On, I heard somebody got. I heard one of them got paid. The other one didn't. Something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I seen heard, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, uh, Ashanti shot it out to rock, and then Keisha Cole was like, "I ain't shotting them out. I ain't getting no." Uh, Ashanti was like, "Oh, I got paid. <laughs> you ain't get a, if you ain't get a Ciroc check, that's on you, baby girl. I got my check. Shit. That, that's Ciroc. That's, well, that's probably, probably why she uh, she shouted them out. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. got that check. She, got she that probably check. with that body, she the probably don't even drink, boy. And from yeah, she was she, she just turned forty years old, bro. Looking like she's twenty five, bro. Forty, forty, son. Ain't that crazy? Can you think about it? I was uh. Shit, when I was like a freshman in in high school, she came out with her first hit, and I want to say, yeah, I was what, fourteen? So she had to be, you know, a couple years older than I was. Damn, that's crazy, boy. Yeah, man. I had no idea she was. We getting older, shit, boy. She might have been twenty. Yeah, Either she, way, she's yeah. she looks she looks fantastic. Yeah, she's right, man. Shout out to Sean. Yeah, and to a uh, Ciroc's defense, it, it it makes no sense to pay both of them. <laughs> it's, it's the same <laughs> <sort of> stream. <laughs> so yeah, the executive Ciroc was like, "So Keisha ain't requesting none." Okay, well, she, we're good then. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Have to have the profit, boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Here goes a uh, Shanti check. What about Keisha? Mm-hmm. Oh, she didn't ask. But who? She's she not hurting though, is she? I don't know. I don't know. Yo, because I'm trying to think about Keisha Cole, right? Keisha so, people open. ask me about the battle. I'm like, look, we all like we all dudes here. I mean, I mean, we all niggas out here. We don't, I mean, we all listen to R.I.B., baby. We don't have to be a macho man about everything we do. Right, right. And I will say Keisha Cole's first album is definitely a classic in my eyes. Now, that's the only album I have ever listened to, Keisha Cole. I wasn't, you know, I might have heard on a couple of features after that. But other than that, I, I'm, you know. And I never listened to Ashanti album. Now, I think about it. In my entire life, outside of singles, I've never ran. Yeah, back outside of singles, either. yeah, outside of singles, I've, I've, I've never ran back neither one of the albums. What what I've female listened, artists have y'all I've, ever had? I've listened to a key shot. What what female artists? R and B. A Marie. I used to play. I played. I uh, played A Marie. Yeah. Whole album. Uh, Mo, uh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Mrs. Um, Cation. Oh yeah, Mrs. Uh, Brandy too. Brand, I, I never bought a Brandy album. Yo, Erica Badu. Erica Badu. I can see me buying Erica Badu. Oh, I bought a Jill Scott album. Jill Scott. I was about to say. Yeah, Jill Scott. Yo, plenty of women. There's plenty of women. But it's just they just too. So to I, pop, right? I, I can't do some of the uh, like Monica. Uh, Monica's dope. Mon- you bought an album before? You- I never brought an album. Never bought an album. I, I think key. I brought Tweet. a single. Uh, uh, just one of them days when <laughs> the I was first, a kid. Like the first female artist whose album that I that I actually bought was Rod Digger. 
And it was, that's the Christ. first one? Yeah. It was a. Mine was Lil' Kim, a I think. Damn hardcore. Cassette tape. I think Hardcore was the first one. Or if, if it wasn't Lil' Kim, it probably was Missy Elliott. Sheesh. I know I had Aaliyah's album. One well, in Missy Elliott, I, really I brought that one in a million album, too. Mm. Oh, I forgot Aaliyah. Yeah, Aaliyah. yeah, yeah, yeah you can buy You can buy Aaliyah. I can see people buy I can see niggas buy Aaliyah. I'm trying Aaliyah. to figure out certain females. Like Ashanti and Keisha Cole were kind of like. Keisha Cole's first album, you could have bought it. I can see why people would have bought it. But after that, I don't see too many guys going to the store. Like, yeah, yeah. Did y'all hear the new Keisha Cole? Now, now nowadays, yo, you hear me. I bump Scissor. I bump uh, Ari Lennox. Yeah, yo, nowadays are different, man. When I was coming up, Yo, am I the only one that that know what Columbia House music is? Nah, yo, Calvin, put your uh, yeah, phone on once again. On silent, bro. It's over there. God damn, but <laughs> so yeah, Calvin, Calvin do you know what Columbia House music is? Nah, yeah, I All remember right. Columbia House. So music. Columbia House music was a service where you paid a dollar and they sent you like twelve albums, mm-hmm. CDs. Oh, in the back of the Jet magazine. They they it, it could have been in there. Yeah, you know, back it it's like you, it's like, it's like a little postcard right in the back, and you 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 select. Different CD, but they like albums that nobody would listen to. But you might you might find one a good few ones in there. But go ahead, my bad. If it wasn't Jay, I don't know. I was I was too busy on the uh, beauty of the week. Yeah, you damn right. You ain't goddamn lying. <laughs> Page forty two. Hell yeah. But no. <laughs> Page so forty two. Columbia House Music. You paid a dollar. They sent you like twelve albums of your choosing, and and then after that they'll send you a bill, and like. They was trying to start like a monthly subscription service, but mm-hmm. I think where they went wrong, they were they were sending these these advertisements out to kids. So I was I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. I sent back the uh, the um, postage paid uh, mm-hmm. thing that they sent me yeah. and said, "Yeah, these are the twelve albums I want." And lo and behold, these twelve albums showed up like a week, two weeks later. What you what you get in that joint? I got uh, Mace's first album, Harlem World. Ooh, classic. I got classic. I got Pun's first album. Classic. Never heard um, it. Never heard Pun's first album, Capital Chill, Punishment? Let, let keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. Like I never heard an album. I heard the singles, but I never heard an oh, album. You Calvin, need to run that back do, this weekend. Do, do, yeah, do that tomorrow. First yeah, thing, son. Do yourself a service. Oh, my God. And, and, I love that album. And run that back. So, dang. It was 12 albums. Those are the only two that I can remember off top. So, you probably had time to be trash. No, 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 no. You probably bought a mystical album. I don't album. think it was that. Oh, I was never into. <laughs> yeah, yo, was not that bad. I wasn't was, outside of Outkast. I wasn't into like Southern music at that time. So, uh, so let me ask you this now: What rapper are you surprised that he was big as big as he was? He's broke as hell now. Mm, I don't. Wow. I tell you what, Rob uh, sent me a um, Black Rob. Maybe. Black Rob looks. He looks bad, boy. Yo, life hit him like hard. financially. All over visually. <laughs> He looks bad, visually, boy. yo, like Black what? Rob. He look like a nigga. Yo, he look like Black one of the bums with a, he look bums with a forty ounce steel in a in a brown paper bag. <laughs> uh, in the God, no lie, yo, like, like yo, life hit him hard. But I mean, he, he did. Yeah, Baltimore team now too. I don't know, bro, but <laughs> he did do like some time in in jail. But yeah, life life hit him hard. But I can't answer that question outside of like Black Rob. But I'm gonna answer the reverse. The rapper that I I really was like eh, on, who kind of like. Did well and had some longevity is fabulous. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. Young fabulous. I was like, oh, man, this dude but I'm, I'm also like talking about one, uh, maybe two albums. Um, <laughs> a two one eight six, bro. <laughs> hey yo, listen, I gotta commentate this. Right? So, so Calvin's phone is is out of reach from him, right? But 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 Rick can uh, reach the phone easily. Yeah. However, he don't, uh, about the, he don't know my goddamn password. He don't know the password. So when he looked at Calvin, <laughs> get the password. Calvin's about to say it, but he didn't. Re- 
Then he realized it was uh, Yo, recorded. that angle right there is a haze. I can tell it is. It's a haze. Like Holy hell. shit. So, yo, so, so yo, back, you're back to what you were saying. My bad. Yeah, fabulous, bro. Fabulous. Well, what about rappers who you know who don't have, like, for instance, I'm talking to, uh, talking to Rick about this all the time, man. A lot of rappers who don't own their own royalties and shit, like, you know, like the the P. Diddy Combs, the uh, yeah. uh, Baby, like how they just control, how, how they own pretty much all the rappers that they had under them. And it's like they control, like, a lot of the music industry on the game as far as what they make, which is crazy. So mm-hmm. I wonder all these rappers are, like, saving their money, you know, are they broke? Like, what are they doing to get themselves in the position? And then, you know, I'm also wondering how, like, you know, it's funny how all the new rappers now, they're all of them are independent, right? What, new? I, I wouldn't say all of them, but there's a lot more independent artists out well, now well, than which, what it was well, then. What's your brother's name in your phone, bro? Oh, For the shit. love of God, it's Big not bro. Carl. Oh, I was about to say, I type in Carl, I said, I think Carlos. <laughs> oh, I'm like, who the hell? God damn. All right, yeah, all right man. man. So, 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 um, you want to tell the folks what Rick looking for in your phone, bro? Oh shit! Uh, yeah, let me get a little instruction, man. Um, so uh, today we're gonna have a guest. Um, low key, my it's my brother, man. Um, for people who know who listen to the show and or and know my brother, they already know what where why I'm cho- why he's chosen for his episode. And um, you know, just for uh, you know, being a young black man, and um, he, he has a lot. Of, he accomplished a lot at his age, and you know, a lot of people Definitely. like myself. Um, and you know, his peers look up to him. Um, especially on especially on his how he handles his finances. Um. You know, as a man, so um, definitely gonna have him on a guest today. He's gonna have his also his friend um, Lisa Simpson, who's also, um, you know, pretty you know good about her shit as well, and also in the real estate game, real too. estate game too. So yeah. both high alumni as well, you know. So if you all uh, want to hear like some financial advice from real people, not just you know um, textbook examples, like real life situations, this is the episode that you want to listen to. If you got a pen or pad around you, you might want to pull that out because I'm pretty sure some gems will be dropped. Um, and, you know, this is recorded, so you can always play it back if you don't have that right now. Yeah. But this is definitely going to be a fruitful conversation, man. Something that um, our people have not talked about enough in the past. And I see us talking, having these conversations a lot more in the future. So, um, you know, without further ado, we're about to... Give Scott brother Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand the phone ring. Bro, I could have sworn we had the shit. I thought the shit was on me. Look at the faders down, son. It's just on full tilt, boy. There you right. go. Yeah. You. Well, you would have thought the filter was on. <laughs> Welcome to the Monkey Podcast, Carl. What the deal, baby? I see. What's, what's, what's good? Y'all I see, see the studio, all right? Y'all see, you see the studio, all right? Can y'all see us? Yeah, man. You see, uh, so uh, I got my uh, homegirl, Lisa Mays, here. You sipping on some. Uh, Kendall Jackson Sarai. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. You really on that wine now, huh? That's the move. Yeah, yeah, I got you, nigga. I, I can't uh I can't mess with the uh the liquor for right now. Why is that? Oh, I'm trying to cut some weight, man. I'm trying to be trying oh, to be Jesus healthy. Christ, bro. Bro. I don't want to hear that excuse, bro. Hey Carl, hey Carl. Anyway, I'm sitting here fat as hell, boy. Hey Carl, do me a favor. Uh turn the uh rotate lock yeah, off rotate you on your phone, bro. And, 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 so we can know. see we can see Lisa. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean we're not trying to see you with this uh little boosie chain on, you know. Okay, that's my uh, that's a nice little piece right there. That's, that's, that's my nice grandfather's name, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's a nice piece right there. Huh? Disclaimer: uh, Lisa is not my uh, lady. She's one of my uh, good friends from uh, um, HU uh, class of 07. Uh, we just gotta get cute and cuddly so we can. Uh, nah, he wants to uh, Bro, just bro, bro, put the landscape bro. in there. Yo, yeah. put the phone sideways, bro. Yo, put it on landscape mode. <laughs> Are you kidding me, bro? You're hazing yourself <laughs> for no reason. Are you kidding me, bro? Yo, turn the rotate off. 
and, and uh, is it rotate on? Oh, we, we, that's cool. We can, huh? We'll work with that, bros. We work with that. You're good, bro. Jesus, make make sure the Wi-Fi Turn is premium off. if you can, Carl. For the love, bro. <laughs> Turn off the rotate <laughs> lock, bro. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, help this man, please. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, man. I mean, this is all audio. This is a podcast, so the only people who are seeing the FaceTime is us. So we, we'll make it work, everybody. Yeah. Oh, that works. There okay, works. You know, you know okay. so the, the the whole FaceTime is the benefit. But of we do us see both of y'all clearly. We do, yeah, be, yeah we yeah. see both of y'all, so we good. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, man I, t- I tell you what, man, we really appreciate y'all joining us. And the whole point of this episode is to talk about personal finance and you know how to how to make it in life as, and being as a young African American male and woman. <laughs> And uh, the perspective that I think that both of y'all can offer us and our audience is amazing because both of y'all are doing the thing out there in D.C., mm-hmm. which is not easy to do. And that's uh, an area of the country that's not the cheapest. You know what I mean? And y'all making it work. So, you know what I mean? We want to definitely have a conversation to talk about some things that got you all to where you are and what type of gems and jewels that you can drop on people to help them maybe walk a similar path as y'all. So, 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 Carl, man. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Tell us if you can, you know, what you do professionally, you know. And well, we, we, we'll start off prior to that. So, y- y'all both are graduates of Howard University, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, um, we were kind of in the same spaces, um, when we went to undergrad, mm-hmm. but we didn't really, um, you know, we didn't really know each other, really hang too tough, you know. Mm-hmm. You know we got their own little cliques in right. school. So, uh, you know, I graduated in computer engineering. And started out, you know, uh, in systems, en- you know, as a systems engineer, and then uh, we kind of linked up and started hanging tough uh, uh, after undergrad. After? Yeah, it was. Um, we lived in the enclave. Oh yeah, that's how. Yeah, and so uh, we had like mutual friends, and then we all just started hanging real tough. Mm-hmm. The enclave in like '07 era in Silver Spring. It was like. It's like being a fifth year senior. So yo, we had a great time. <laughs> dope. That's dope. 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 And Lisa, what did you uh what you study out in Howard? Yeah, so I got my undergrad in accounting. So Woo! Holla, holla. So you were you were down the hill Yeah, engineering. Right? Engineering. Okay. And so I was up the hill in the school of B. And then um I doubled right back and got my MBA in accounting. So like um I did a program, like a five-year program. Uh-huh. Once I completed that five-year program, I graduated with my MBA. Which so, MBA? Okay, an account, right? Yeah, so I'm a two-time graduate of Howard, the illustrious Howard University. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you just had a VP. Right. Y'all just had a VP, Miss. Y'all making history. So right. I, I will I give mean, HU that. We broke a lot of a lot of doors. It's like it's the VP, it's me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we open people like Lisa opening doors for everybody. Yeah, hey man, that's, that's good stuff, man. That's what it's hair, all man. about, man. That's dope. That's dope. So, yeah, so we, we, uh, she's definitely uh, somebody uh, I consult with when I'm making like a major move or something like that, or got something in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of bounce ideas off each other, and you know, she's definitely been a you know, good friend and a confidant in uh, in that area as well. That's dope. Okay, okay. Okay. So you uh you came out of Howard with and uh, you said in computer engineering. Yeah. So uh uh so I can't so so I'm a systems engineer and so like uh the, you know in terms of personal finance the, uh you know how it got started for me was uh, one of my teammates uh like my junior senior year he was like yo man they got this online account checking account called ING Direct you may want to get on it's like a crazy savings rate I'm like what so I looked at it I'm like man this savings rate is kind of Oh, sure. I remember the IG Direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. remember it was only online? So IG Direct is a small, it's a small save, online savings bank yeah, okay. people don't know. And okay. actually, it merged into Capital One now, right? 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, three, six. And okay. so oh, okay. that kind of okay. got me. So I got a savings account in there, started putting money in there, and that kind of got the ball rolling with like thinking uh, about like interest rates and stuff like that. Making your and, money work uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I started getting. I mean, let's say, I mean, so you know, back then the savings rate was way better. It was better. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it was way. I mean, relatively, it was way better than yeah, now, yeah. right? So, so definitely higher than the inflation rate. Like one and a half percent better. It was like it was like one and a half percent more than what the regular savings rates were going for. Got you. Um. Uh. So yeah. So like um. I, I think um. I can't remember who picked me on my first little couple stocks. I think it was my dad gave me uh had picked me on some like oil companies or something like that. And how old was you when this? How, how old was it was happening? Huh? How old was you when this happened? On your first stop, post college, like right? 22, 23. Oh, he was young, boy. He was young. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. So you know, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. You know, I still halfway don't know what the heck I'm doing. But uh, you being modest now. <laughs> yeah, 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 you definitely <laughs> being modest now, bro. So you, so you got, you got, you, you got your first stock at twenty three. I mean. What, what? I guess what made you want to pay attention to that advice, right? Because I recall, like, I had an older cousin was telling me about stocks. And to me at the time, when I was younger, it was like trying to learn Japanese or something like that. You know what I mean? It just was so beyond me at that point. You know what I mean? What made you really, really uh, value that uh, that advice and really follow through to, like, learn learn that? I think, I think a little bit had to do with age, right? So I had a... Um, I had an uncle who tried to teach me how to read stocks in the newspapers. And I'm like, you know, this happened in like when I was like probably a freshman or sophomore. No, this, yeah, in, in college. And I was like, you know, just brushing off like, yeah, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it had to do with age and like trying to like, I'm trying to retire early. I'm trying to get out the nine to five game, who you, telling? you know, relatively soon. And so like, you know, at, at, you know, I had that kind of mindset early on. So I'm like, man, what, what can give me? How can I make the, uh, my money work for me in the best way possible? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this: for people who who, who you know have a nine to five and stuff like that, what's what, what's your experience working a nine to five and realizing that this may not be for me? Like, um, is it the the money you can make? Like, the, is it is it you feel like you're being capped, or you feel like there's a bigger game out there that you know is 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 definitely uh more invested, worth investing into? You know, like what making you get out the nine to five? Uh, I'll let Lisa answer that first. Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, I think that's a good point. Like you mentioned, there just being a cap. I mean, I think for me, the number one thing was just being in control of my time. Like for a long time, I thought it was always about like money and making money and just Mm -hmm. like as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But for for me, some things happened personally. And um, I realized it wasn't just about money. It was about being in control of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I realized early that you control your time when you have, like, the power to do that. And money kind of offers you that flexibility, that freedom, and that power. So I think it became less about money, I would say, like, four years, maybe four to five years ago. But prior to that, you know, I was conditioned to think that, you know, the more you climb that corporate ladder, the more money you would have, the better life would be. But then I started seeing people who, like, weren't, you know, in this rat race mm-hmm. and who were just, you know, you know, either whether it was investing in stocks or amassing X amount of real estate or just having an additional lane, having something that was theirs, having ownership of something who were really winning, in my opinion, in life. And okay. so that's when it, it kind of clicked for me that I needed to own something to really have the freedom that I wanted. 
Um, and then money would have been a byproduct of that. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it do. So, Carl, so we're going to continue with your story, right? But before we do, Lisa, can you can you walk us through what it looked like when you went from just, you know, nine to five with no investments to entering into your first investment in real estate? Um, yeah. Okay. So walk you through it. So nine to five was, I mean, it was stressful. It was like, I mean, in, in, in full disclosure, I still have a nine to five. It just is a very lax nine to five, but mm-hmm. we can, we, we can get into that a little later. Um, it's like a safety net, but we'll, like I said, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But, um, so my first, um, investment was, um, maybe my first house. My first, I bought my first house probably just after you bought your first house. And, and actually, it was through NASA. And Carl put me on to NASA, mm. which is a great program. And I'm a real estate agent right now. And, you know, for people who don't have any means or don't have a way or who really just kind of want to get over, I talked to them about NASA. And the irony that we're sitting here talking about this is Carl put me on to NASA. Um, mm. But NASA is a program where um, it's, you know, it's a nonprofit um, and it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how much money you make or what your credit score is or how many, how much savings that you have. Their whole objective is to get you homeowner ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, what they tout is no money down for your first home, no clothing costs and below market interest rate. And so anybody who knows about purchasing a home, the barriers to entry are just that. It's, mm-hmm. it's having money for a down payment and having money for for closing costs. So it's a great program. I feel like to say that's how I got into like real estate was through that program. Um, and um, I got my first condo and I realized though early on, I'm not making, this is a good investment, but I'm not making any money with this condo. So then I started to seek out how do I make some money, you know, through real estate. Um, and so, so are you, are you, are you trying to, are you trying to say that you realize like by selling, selling property, buying property and selling it, isn't the pie the, the most quickest way to get to where you want? As far as making you know revenue, making good money off of it. I um, I, I'm saying that's that's one lane because real estate has like a, a bunch of yeah yeah different, different branches out there yeah a bunch of different lanes. Um, but yeah, the, you know the adage goes with any investment: buy low, sell high. And so um, that was my point. Is like my first house, I bought that it was below market. My second investment home, I bought that. It was a HUD home below market. Mm-hmm. I still actually have that house. And in holding on to that house and getting tenants into that house, like that house alone, I make like $800 a month. Oh, wow. Cash one yeah. Mm-hmm. And so again, like just the added goes, it's like, again, buy low, sell high. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is, is my, my philosophy or my, um, approach to real estate is I don't sell. You know, a lot of people uh, glamorize flipping. You, you know, flipping is is quick money. Um, but but buy hold, which is my approach, is is forever money. Yeah. And yeah, so that's my retirement pro. That's my retirement plan. Um, and like Carl was talking about retiring early, and I was just telling my friend like I don't plan to be sixty five at a job trying to. Re- you know what I mean? Or trying to count, you know, if I could retire at 60 or 65, I've created a life and I'm going to continue to create and cultivate a life where my retirement plan is I'm living here right now. If I want to retire, I have, you know, the means, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To do my investments 
to retire if I wanted to. Okay, okay. Okay, so you know we uh we kind of went over a little bit of investing inside, and it's funny you you, you, you know you're, you're heavy on the real estate game. I always get arguments with my boys, you know, which one's better to do as far as when it comes to putting your money uh, towards for investing. Are you investing in real estate? Are you investing in stocks? Um, you know, I know Carl was Carl used to tell me like, yo, um, why hate yourself when you know you, you can just make money while you sit on the couch? And that, to me, that that you know that emphasizes what I want to do, but. You know, a lot of people, you know, who have real estate make good money off that doing as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard it's, work. It's all, what, it's all what your appetite is. Right? Yeah. yeah, what you're so passionate like, about. Yeah. You know, some people, I, I don't have the appetite for being in real, real estate investing. Like, but if you have the appetite for it, great. You know, it's, it's you know, it's all what you kind of want to do. I yeah. feel like you can build a, a, a nice gain, though, through real estate. You like, can. in one swift transaction, mm, like, it's, it's crazy. Um I will also say. Well, well, well let me ask you this. Uh, I suggest diversification. What'd you say? Oh no, no, no! Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you dropping jewels <laughs> and and Cal was trying to over talk the hell out of you. Like, god damn! Hey, but look, listen, because because listen, this 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 uh, information y'all dropping is very important. And uh, Carl's Wi-Fi is trash, and you're you're freezing like every other word. And I don't I don't I don't want. Our listeners to miss this. Plus, Calvin's phone <laughs> finna die. So, what I want y'all to do, I want y'all to stand by, and I'm gonna call you, Carl. I'm gonna call you from my phone. No, 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 uh, no, no. I, I just got back on. The, I just got on the Wi-Fi. In fact, I wasn't on the Wi-Fi, and now I just got on the Wi-Fi. Okay, because bro, I mean, what's it? Twenty percent. Says twenty percent. We good. Yeah, because I about to say, bro, like she's dropping phenomenal information, and it's just pausing like at the end of every sentence. I'm like, no, 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 we got it. We got to ditch the FaceTime, bro. Oh, we good now. Right. Oh, y'all clear now. Yeah. All right, we should be good. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah, um, so you you so, were talking about people had different appetites, whether it was stock investing or real estate. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, and there's multiple options. To get it? Like, you know, we're we're kind of like in a mindset of like, uh, we don't like climbing the corporate ladder. But mm-hmm. if that's your appetite, I know some people that are very high up in companies that are around our age, but. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that's what they want. Like, their job is their life at this point. Right. Um, I had an internship at Ford, right? And they had a skip level. They had, I had a skip level with the interns and the VPs of Ford at the time. I don't GM. I'm sorry about that, GM. And uh, the VP was straight up with us. He was like, man, look, you know, I have, you know, this job is affording me, a, you know, a crazy lifestyle. But he's, I'm not going to blame it on my marriage ending, but it's, you know, that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You find out all over the place, and, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, spend that QT with the family, basically what he was saying. And so he was like, you got to keep that in mind if, you know, if, you know, be, getting into the executive ranks is what you want to do. Right. So, I will say this, though. You got to pick your pain because entrepreneurship yeah. is not easy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not like you don't start an organization, start a company, start a lane. It should have just sweep. It's yeah, I say you work. I, I say you work more than you do in um, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Right. So it's like you got to pick your pain. It's like, do you want to work hard for somebody else and have that guarantee of that biweekly mm. check, or do you want to work hard for yourself? And it, it, sometimes it could be feast or famine, at least in those early years. Um, you know, then once you kind of get the get the swing of things and you really establish yourself, then it could get sweet. But it's not sweet all the time at all. But you know. And, and that's exactly right. And for me, I don't even look at entrepreneurship or doing or doing side hustles as trying to like 
make crazy amounts of money. I'd rather have, I'd rather, if I can make the same amount of money I'm making now doing stocks or doing real estate, I would love that because I say that to say, when you work a nine to five, you're building up somebody else's equity yeah. instead of building up your own equity. You working, you sweating, and someone else getting paid doing nothing. Right. A, lot, a lot of these execs, like, you know, like they're in the news all the time and they're great and they're smart. They ain't doing nothing. Yeah. They're not, they're not even doing the grunt work of, you know, it's, it's crazy. So like, you know, but, but like what most people will say that's a switch from, you know, having, I would say from people who work nine to five, they'll probably say that's a between having options versus security. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't, if you feel like you think about it, if you, if you entrepreneurship and some like, for instance, I know COVID people, people made millions, people made millions on, on the top of the net. Like, I think it was the most billionaires been made at any time in history, you know, and um, the crazy part about it is they, they can afford to have options to do certain things, to create new ideas and new have things. But people who haven't built that wealth yet, they based on security as far as, you know, companies offering money for as a form of K. It's, it's like a, it's like a builder starter kit for people who can't be entrepreneurs, or I guess in some type of way, I would say. All those billionaires and millionaires who made a lot of money during COVID had equity in something. Oh, it must definitely. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, and like, you know, so that equity could be, your own real estate business. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing real estate. It could be stocks. You know what I mean? Like, if you had the cash to pit in stocks and during the downturn, you may have like a bandit. You may. Right. I mean, this, this was, this is like in economic downtime, you know, typically the, they're typically the, the biggest transference of wealth. Um, yeah. typically happen, you know, in, in, during an economic like downturn like mm-hmm. that. And we see, we see cycles like that maybe once every 10 years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, in, in timing, you know, the last downturn would have been what, 08, 09. Yeah. Yeah. So people have been talking about like something's going to happen. Everybody has been waiting for something to happen for this correction to happen. But the irony is the correction had been happening. The pandemic though, just really kind of mm-hmm. like threw shit in a whole different direction and it was very abrupt. So yeah, the biggest transference of wealth happened in March of 2020. Niggas made out like, like you said, bandit. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, the stock thing, I lean on Carl a lot for stocks and I'm pretty sure I'll be like waking up at six o'clock in the morning like, let me pick your brain about this and he doesn't fuck with me and so, yeah. can I curse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, he doesn't fuck, fuck with me so like, <laughs> nine o'clock, you know what I mean? Nigga, connectors. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, all right, let's. let's I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you both the same question, right? Because there is there is one thing to step out on faith and try something new, like when it comes to investing or you know just anything new, like if you're stepping out on faith. Um, but walk us through the first, uh, Carl, for you, the first trade and and uh, Lisa, the first real estate deal that you walk that you went through that actually showed you the proof of concept like this actually works like what was the first deal that really changed your mindset can, can we add a caveat to carl's question can we the first trade that actually yield some some for real money yeah i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a, a couple of different gems right well not gems but just like so, uh, so, so my, so my, uh, my first house, right? Um, uh, one of my boys was rehabbing the crib. Uh, he ended up being my real estate agent for my first house, and like, mm-hmm. um, he bought the crib for like three hundred. Uh, did some renovations for it, and it ended up being ended up costing like like five hundred. Mm-hmm. He planned to flip it, but the '08 downturn happened, and he couldn't flip it, so he ended up living in there and renting out the basement. Now that's worth well over a million, mm-hmm. and so. 
Chris, Chris Monroe. Yeah. And so, like, he was like, yo, so, so, so Chris Monroe, he's the one who picked me on NASA, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was like, yo, you need to buy a crib ASAP because Obama's giving out this 10K tax credit. Yeah, I that. Not deduction, but credit. Mm-hmm. And you need to get on something now. So that's when I got my uh, my first condo or whatever. Uh, and so, like, you know, from 08 to now, the, you know, the amount right. of equity in it, isn't it is crazy, right? Um, so my first trade, right? Um, I'll give you two trades. One that, uh, so I did one trade, uh, investing in this penny stock, this cannabis penny stock. Me and my boy Zeus invested in, right? I paid $800 into this penny stock. The joint grew to 65000 right? <laughs> Wait, 800 to so, 65? Geez. 60, eight, $800 to $65,000. how long? Like, in like a month. That would have that would have that would have sold me, bro. Yeah, that would have sold your boy. The story gets better. The story gets better, right? So I made a parabolic move, right? And like I'm thinking, like, oh, this is my retirement. I'm I'm gonna I'm done at 28. I'm mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this is it. And so it, it just, I think it grew to like I think eventually it grew to like maybe 70 or 75. But I, 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 this one I first right? And so everyone tells me to sell, sell, sell. I'm like, nah, just don't go to a million. Man, when it goes up that fast, it's coming down that fast. That fast I learned yeah. that lesson very quickly. I only, only, I ended up only profiting like fifteen hundred off that joint. Wow. Now, now you say I like, slap oh, you man, right you now, only, boy. You only profited fifteen hundred. That's still almost two hundred percent. Yeah, percentage wise, yeah. that's great. Yeah, still, but, but still, it's five thousand, bro. I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, bro. And so. So that was one deal. So the first deal that I actually made some crazy money was uh, American Airlines. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember, they merged with US Air. Yeah, I, I can't that. remember how many years ago, right? So the thing was, they were in bank, they were about to get bankrupt. And so in, in their bankrupt proceedings, uh, they basically went to the judge and said, hey, look, this is how we're going, this, you know, this is how we're going to satisfy, you know, our, our debts or whatever, get out of bankruptcy. Would you let us merge with US Airways? And so uh, initially the judge said no. And so me and my boy Zeus again, he was like, look, man, let's pour as much money as we can into it. If, if it goes to zero, fuck it. If it doesn't, we gonna, if, if it doesn't go to zero and, they, and you know, the judge allows the merger, we're going to make out like bandits. Mm. The judge uh, approved the merger and we made out like bandits. <laughs> so what happened, so what they did was they did like stock disbursements, right? And so they said, it's, it said it's, you know, they, they had this new company, um, American Airlines, which is the merger of, Mer- of the old American Airlines and U.S. Air. And it said, instead of giving you all of our money at once, we'll give you stock disbursements based on how the company's doing. Well, they're the biggest at this point. They're the biggest airlines in the U.S. They're not, you know, besides COVID, you know, they're doing great. Right. Mm-hmm. So they were just giving us stocks like every couple of years. It's like a whole bunch of stock, man. I got my last stock disbursement like two years ago. That's how good and that yeah, deal was so long ago. That money investment was doing. That's, that's crazy. And I'm not talking about like a little bit of stock. I think they gave me like 100 shares in the last one. Damn. And, I, and that was like a bonus. That was like a bonus disbursement. Hella bread. Listen. So, I mean, that, Listen, By the way, he uh, he told me to buy that same stock. I I was being scared. <laughs> <laughs> I like a bandit. So the the point is, if you're going to go for it, you need to go yeah, for it. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm running that now, man. You gotta do it. But look, but look, listen, listen, listen. Your Wi-Fi is still trash, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm telling you right now, I don't care what you say. All right, I'm gonna hang up on you and I'm gonna call you back, not Facetime, regular call, and put me on speaker, put us on speaker. But the Facetime is 
the audio's trash. And <laughs> this is, information is just too powerful for it to be doing that. All right. So I'm hanging out with you. I'm going to call you back on speakerphone. I'm going to call you right back. Yeah, yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just y'all y'all need this information. I I want it. You know I, see, I, mean? I, I mean, it wasn't bad to me, but yeah. But when you play it back, yeah, on Tuesday see. in your car, you'll be like, God damn! <laughs> you'll see. I'm trying to tell you, it's bad, bro. It's bad. Open that joint up for it. How long was on for? Yeah, I mean, so far we're we're about uh we're about a good 36 minutes into the oh, show. I mean, bad. information is great. I mean, you, here you, have, you have two. Hey, you know what I mean, young African American women and men. You know, what I mean, doing a thing in D.C. You know, they both have. Two different avenues where they get into it. Um, one being stock investing, the other being real estate. Um, so you know, I mean, like I said, the information is powerful, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to lose it in translation. So we're gonna go ahead and get them back on the phone because uh, we need we need that information. We need that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was Carl Internet. God damn, boy. Right, we back, we back in the joke. Yeah, oh, that's, back, much right, damn, that much <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's much better, man. That is much better. Jesus Christ, boy. I mean, she, she. I mean, you know, Lisa's giving both y'all giving us phenomenal information. Every every end of the sentence, the word is pause and froze. That's, I, I just can't do it, man. Like mm. you can do still, no, no, no. You, nah, 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 you uh, good. You can still understand it. It just, you know, you'll see when you play it back. You just got to concentrate a little harder. That's all. But, oh, okay. But, oh, sorry, listeners. Nah. <laughs> so so y'all have y'all have two two different strategies of uh of 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 um investing. Um Lisa, do you do stock investing too or you just focus on real estate? I'm going to be honest with you. I I like I said, if I do do something, I I'll try my best to lean on Carl and he'll give me some vague ass advice. He <laughs> um, <laughs> <You> said vague. <laughs> But, you know, to, to be honest with you, that's not my sweet spot. That's not my comfort zone. Okay. Um, you know, I will say to anybody, buy the dip. I know that much. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. When shit is really popular or really sweet or when there's a lot of attention around something, that's probably when you don't want to purchase because it's, it's at its height. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know those kind of principles, but that's not my lane. I'll, I'll leave that to Carl and he might whisper in my ear by American. And I did like six or seven years ago. Um, but other than that, not my lane. I mean, and I, you know, I actually still have a nine to five and not many people know that um, partially because it's not like a, it doesn't command the same attention a traditional nine to five will right. command. So I have a, um, like a retirement plan with the organization and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's done really well and I contribute to that and I try to like pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than, you know, other than that and a few stocks here and there, n- not really my lane. Got it. And, then okay. Car- and Carl, you're getting into real estate, correct? A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought a uh, condo in 08, I mean, 09. And then I recently purchased a uh, mini mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful crib. Beautiful. Yeah, man. I recently purchased another spot. Um, 2009 i mean uh like in october um so um i'm, I'm i i, I kind of follow what lisa said earlier about never selling so i don't plan on selling out I, I thought about selling my condo but i was like eh, why not just rent it out and let yeah. somebody else contribute to the equity and i'm a real estate agent trust you me i've been trying to get him to sell he will not sell like <laughs> keeping that equity keeping that equity but so I know um before you was talking about I know Carl was playing his first uh like good feeling of you know making a making something you know happen 
you know, where you believed in with the uh, American Online Store and the, and the first penny stock. What was your uh, what was your moment that for when you got in real estate? What was the moment was like? You know what? I'm gonna stick with this. That first sweet deal. I want to hear yeah. this. You know, I think I kind of hit it out the park my first go. Like, nice. and when I say hit it out, and, and, and I hit it out the park the way that I imagined, I, you know, the way that I thought that I would. Like, I, I studied, I did, like, research, I talked to people, and I I structured something that I was happy with. So I, I do a, I have a, a buy and hold strategy. That's, like, my approach. And... My first, and I alluded to it, my first deal, like where I cash flow. Um, so there's four ways in real estate people typically make money. It's cash, you can either cash flow, meaning you make money after your your debt service or your mortgage is paid, whatever's left over after you pay all that mortgage, that's called cash flow. Okay. Or you, you make money through appreciation, mm-hmm. meaning over time, there's more equity in the home. The home mm-hmm. continues to add value or, or that's probably the most popular way right well no i mean it just really depends like it it, it really depends because a lot of areas you don't see any appreciation but you cash flow well um and then other areas the play is all about appreciation and you make no money off of it so it really just depends right. on the okay. area it, just, it really you have different strategies for different areas the third way to make money just really quickly is through um you know your your tax benefit because typically when you have more property, there's a tax benefit to that. And then the last one is debt buy down, which is really just over time paying off that mortgage. So you own the home free and clear, which ultimately um, increases your net worth, right? Mm-hmm. If you own something free and clear. So, um, I, you know, for me, what was important, my strategy is, is buy whole, but it's important for me to have cash flow. Like I mentioned, my, my, my properties are my retirement plan. So, um, my first property, you know, a lot of people don't know if you have a 401k or if you work for the U S government and have a TSP plan, you can borrow against your, your, your 401k mm-hmm. yep. to purchase a home. Yep. So I, that's what I did for my first rental. And it's not a bad interest rate either. It's not a bad interest rate. Or... No, it's not, it's not a bad interest rate at all. And at uh-huh. the end of the day, it's your money. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so the interest rate is super low. Um, so, you know, I think. So what I did was I purchased, like I said, a HUD home, which are homes that are typically, you know, below market, but they need some work. So I, you know, did research. I like um, went to meetings. I met people and I assembled my team of contractors, of architects, of engineers, just people that I knew that I would need at some point in the future. And um, I, I found, I, I connected with a realtor who was really, um, at that time I wasn't a realtor. So this was like six years ago or something like that. So like I connected with a realtor who um, was an investor himself and who worked with investors. So I knew that he knew what I was looking for. So we found a home below market value. Um, and I, I took money from my 401k to acquire the home and to also renovate the home. So luckily, this home was in a part of Maryland where um, it was it was it was high volume. Like it was a lot of renters, but they had really nice houses. So this is a single family house. Mm-hmm. So I um, he he brought the home to me. It worked. I ran the numbers, and I took like twenty, maybe like somewhere between twenty five and thirty thousand dollars from my for for my uh, retirement plan, and I acquired the home. I renovated the home. And I just that that twenty five thousand dollars 
um, increase the equity in the home by like a hundred thousand dollars, mm. literally. That's, so yeah. just just making the updates that cost me twenty five thousand added a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity. So that was one thing, right? So remember the appreciation. So I got the appreciation just by making those little updates, and then I got tenants in there. Now a lot of people are afraid of like um, tenants who are who are on voucher programs, formerly known as like Section Eight. Section Eight. Right. I, yeah, I don't shy away from that because that's guaranteed money. Guaranteed. So, yeah. Are they hard on your properties? You know, it's it's a screening thing. You yep. know, you have yep. you don't have to just pick any Section Eight or voucher person. So you screen them like you would screen any other tenant. And, you know, I haven't seen, you know, anything above normal wear and tear, to be completely honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't shy away from those programs. And to be honest with you, you know how, like, everybody over this pandemic, they've been, like, stressed about whether their tenants were paying, you know, rent. That's not been a stressor of mine because that's guaranteed money. So you're saying Section 8 is pretty much recession proof. That's that's yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? Um, so that's been my approach and it's worked well for me. A lot of people might, you know, take issue, but I also invest in, I invest in the hood, you know, that whole concept of buying the block. I'm totally about that. And I invest in those areas that are less, um, desirable, but they still yield great cash flow. And it just so happened that this particular area, not just yielded cash flow, it also appreciated. So, um, I also, so I also use a method called Burr. And it's an acronym. It means buy, renovate, um, rent out, and then refinance. That Gucci man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gucci. Yeah. yeah sure. So that's my strategy. So I did. I performed that strategy, not even knowing that it's a widely used concept. But right. I did that strategy for this home. So I refinanced. So I so I bought the home. I renovated the home for less than thirty thousand dollars. I um, rented it out to voucher candidates, which guaranteed me my rent. I refinanced it, which means because I gained that equity, I was able to pull the money I put into the home right back out, and I and I refinanced that through my refinance. Um, and then I just continued that process. So the last R is repeat. So essentially, I pulled the equity, I pulled the money out of my retirement plan for prob. I held that money up for maybe like three months. And then I put that money right back into my uh, my retirement plan. You so, know what I mean? So, Lisa, so I, I, I had a question for you, if I, if I could. You spoke earlier about um, these properties being your retirement. So when you get to the point where you want to retire, what is your strategy there? Are you going to be looking to sell these properties or are you looking to, to continue to collect uh, rent? Um, yeah, continue to collect rent that, you know, and hopefully by the time I'm ready to retire, I would have amassed you know, so many properties where I'm retiring comfortably. So I told you the numbers on the first one. If I'm making $800 here, and let's just say I have 10 rental properties, what's 10 times 800? That's $8,000. And so if I'm like, you know, I don't know, 50, I don't know, can you live comfortably off of $8,000 a month? I I mean, right now. Yeah, you're damn right. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) That's not a bad payday. You know what I'm saying? I know this much when I retire from my job, I don't think I'm going to be getting $8,000. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't think, you know, I haven't ran the numbers, but you know, if I was to retire at 65, I don't believe I'd be getting 8,000. I don't know. I, I mean, if you retire, if, if you do it the right way and retire with no debt, 8,000 is a great payday. Oh yeah. With no debt, no pay, no bills. <laughs> that is the key. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a quick question, uh, Lisa, about, um, just for people who, uh, let's say in a situation where you got a, you know, the elder or a situation where, 
someone's about to, I mean, let's keep it real, about to pass away. And what's the best advice you would give from the knowledge you know tell the family what they should do? Should they sell it or to keep the equity? And um, just based off a family who is, is just the initial family, the first family, not to worry about the cousins or anything like that, but just what would you tell a, a, a family to do with the house? Would you tell them to sell it uh, or you tell them to keep it? Um, what's your what's your now, especially in the black community? Um. Well, remember, I don't, I don't, my, it depends because my grandpa, I like, I realized like, I like learned a lot from my grandpa. My grandfather had like an a, a, a unit. I've never seen this man work a day in my life. He's not, <laughs> he never worked, but I knew that he owned a building or two and he lived in the building that he owned. And so in hindsight, I'm like, oh, this nigga was like living off of everybody else. Yeah, you know, so I didn't realize that nobody really took the time to explain it to me when I was younger. But um, I say that to say we ended up when he passed, we sold his pro. I was I wasn't in mm. real estate then, right, right, right. Um, but I knew it just didn't feel right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. Why are we selling these buildings? And by the way, these buildings are in Lamert Park. Oh, um, in California. Oh, wow. In, in L.A. Yeah. No, Dom Kennedy's hood. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lamert well, Park yeah. representative. I'm just yeah. hood. So like <laughs> these buildings today are million. Like we sold one of his buildings when he passed. One of his buildings we sold for like, and it needed a lot of work. But we sold. We were able to sell it for like eight or nine hundred thousand dollars. But, cash register. but if, if we had did the work, that building easily would have been like two million. You know Easy. what I mean? Yeah. So it just didn't feel right selling it but we you know because there were so many people involved it was a family involved that didn't have that mindset or didn't really want to do the work um it's just it's difficult when you have a lot of people involved yeah so it's the hardest part answer that question you know what i'm saying because if you don't have people who are you know in that particular mindset they might be less inclined to deal with you know the quote-unquote headache that might come along with you know dealing with those properties so so carl uh let me ask you so what is your retirement strategy and how do you plan on executing that or what do you what or what you said what do you say what'd you say lisa he's rich already <laughs> have, i'm just trying to make it he's rich which i mean put, put us put us down because the biggest the biggest you know one of the things we hope is that somebody can uh, listen to this show and realize some things that they may be doing wrong or some things that they need to be doing. You know what I mean? So we, uh, I think that we've, um, you know, you have dropped a lot of uh, gems on the real estate end, um, Lisa. So for the, for, for the listeners who may not be as passionate about real estate, uh, but maybe more passionate about stocks, you know what I mean? Carl, what are some, what are some things they can do to get their retirement, you know, that, that situation going? Uh, so, I, I like ta I like cash flow as well for um, you know any you know whether you in real estate or stocks or wherever it's all about cash flow right so like uh, uh, if you're not in the you can take a couple of different lanes right and it's, uh, if you're not in really into like the individual stock picking because you know you're just not knowledgeable you just don't feel like spending time on stock picking you know you could you could invest your money in it in a dividend ETF which basically is a is a fund that invests in companies that give high dividend yields. So something um, like something like a spy or Vanguard or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, um or you could go like my what I'm into now is like uh, I'm I'm into trading futures. 
which is, uh, you know, it's almost like day trading or swing trading, um, which, you know, so, you know, it's heavy on the cash flow and I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm every, you know, either every, either I'm cashing out every day or I'm cashing out, you know, every, you know, every day to every few weeks. Um, Rob, you might like that. Futures right. is a whole different Futures is a whole different market than the equity market, but um, now does that does, so, does that require you more time equity though? Huh? Does that require you more time equity when you do futures, other than just being just regular like I want to purchase you know fifty shares of Morgan Stanley today? So, so I'm into so I got into uh, uh, one of my boys. He went to FAMU. Um, uh, he, he does this almost damn near professionally as his nine to five. Um, he creates automated systems that trade futures for him. So his, his, and so that so know, he's playing Call of Duty while he's trading. Yo, I mean it's crazy. <laughs> I, so I just started doing that maybe like a month ago. So I just started. Uh, what is it? So basically, break that just, down. What is futures? Yeah, break 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 futures down for people who, who may not know about so that. Futures game. futures was started in back in the. Uh, it was started in the. Um, I forget which I forget the exact name of the uh, market that it's called, but it's in Chicago. It's uh, it's the CME, and it was it was started to uh, give farmers a way to uh, lock in their money when they when they're selling like uh, uh, livestock or mm-hmm. um, um, or crops. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so. Yeah, produce, mm-hmm. and so now it's kind of grown. Now there's like forty different markets in the futures market. Yeah, the big ones are uh, oil. Yeah, so they got Ooh. they got uh they got energy, they got livestock, they got crops, they got salts, Ooh. which are your coffee, Gold. sugars, um, uh, cocoa. Um, uh, they even got equities. So you can uh, there's futures markets that, uh, you know. Uh, trade contracts on uh, the S uh, the S and P the Nasdaq um, um, the N- the Nikia I'm, I don't know if I'm uh, butchering that but that's that's Tokyo's um, um, stock market yep. um, they got metals so you can do palladium you can do platinum you can do silver you can do gold so there's about forty different ones um, uh, so for me it allows allows me to concentrate you know allows me to focus my time better because like you look at the equities market the stock there's a there's thousands upon thousands of stock mark of stocks right and different companies that are you know trading uh in the futures market there's only like 40 something so you, you, you can track it a lot better all right so when you're looking at a futures deal what are you actually looking for? Like, I know if you're buying stocks, you're looking at the price of the stock, the the, ratio the stock that. history, yeah, P ratio, and everything. Um, but when you look at a futures deal, what are you even looking for? So I'm looking. So when I so there's so I do a whole lot of back testing. Whenever I create like an automated strategy, I'm doing a whole lot of back testing. Like I'll go through like ten years of data, and I'm basically seeing with with any deal, I'm you know I'm I'm seeing risk to reward, right? And so mm-hmm. if there, I have a certain number of return over drawdown, which is, you know, the amount of money that my account will go down. And if through all this back testing that I'm doing, it can hit a certain number. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good strategy. That's a good strategy to trade. And then, you know, once I execute it, it just automatically trades until I stop it. 
Okay. I got to do more research because I'm still not understanding it's not, it's, how it, futures it's, it's, is working. I'm, so, so it's, it's kind of like, I'm trying to play a card. Like, it's, like, it's, like it's like a computer program that yeah. can run and trade for you. But you have to create the Yeah, yeah. You, you have to create yeah. the algorithm. Oh, it's, 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 it's a lot that goes into it. It's not okay. just, you know. Yeah. And people who do it best, if I'm, not, if, I'm not, if I'm not lying, Carl, if people who do it best, right, they can, they, lock in a, they can lock in a certain rate that they want, like, automatically. Am I correct? No, no, because, I mean, like, and so, so the back testing gives you a certain probability of success. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Rappers, right? And so, and so, just like with anything, like nothing, nothing's guaranteed unless you're putting your money in a savings account or a CD, right? And so, but you can do a certain amount of back testing that allow you to know, like, hey, with a good, with a good amount of certain certainty, um, you know, these trades will trade within certain parameters. Oh. Okay. Yeah, based on history, right? And so, like, and that's why nothing in the future is guaranteed. But you know, if I'm trading, if I'm trading like, I'm, if I'm trading the S and P, or I'm trading gold, and I'm trading silver, they have so much history. You know, you can go back more than ten years if you wanted to, but ten years is a pretty good barometer for me. Um, you know, and and, and, and within like, those so ten, the probabilities are like economic factors, like what's happening. Yeah, I mean, so within that ten years, you have COVID. Yeah. You have 08. But you don't always have COVID in 08. So, like, you're saying, like... Yeah, but it's all baked into that. Like, all those downturns are also, you know, it has those downturns. It has those upturns. It has... But you have to create it yourself. Yeah. So you have to, you have to be savvy in programming and shit, right? Oh, uh, but, you know, like, they have... They have... They have platforms out there, and the languages are... It's very human-readable. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's easy. It's easier. Like I did it at the nine to five, so it's easy. I'm telling you, it's I easier. know you do it at nine to five. That's like so. Let me ask you this, right? It's not as steep for me, but it's 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 not as it's not as steep as you would think for someone that doesn't know. I like yeah, I, 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 if I, I was trying that. to if I was yeah. trying to get into futures, do I do I go to my brokerage to do this, or or do I have to write a program and so like, I mean, I'm like sure, you like, code or something? Uh, right. You can you can go you can go to uh, so Robinhood doesn't do it, but I mean, if you have like Ameritrade or you have uh, Fidelity, um, Fidelity, you can trade. Merrill Lynch. I wouldn't recommend it, but and the reason I wouldn't recommend it because it's so volatile. Like if you don't know what you're doing, you could lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like so, so with anything, any any sort of market you're doing, like real estate, stocks, whatever the case may be, you're competing against people that know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you just willy nilly, oh, I'm gonna, you know, trade uh, this uh, this corn futures. Well, you you trading against professional traders. If you don't know what you're doing, you know. Are you trading against people? Or are you trading you are. against the market? It's, you're trading against against people because a, a market is a buyer a and a seller. Oh, okay. Hey, so like, guys, can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. market. All right. So like, what are the um the different like categories of stock trading? So there's Futures, there's options, there's mm-hmm. yeah, puts, shorts. Yeah, yeah, puts and shorts. That's part of options, though. Yeah. Which is the, the derivative of stocks, and you have futures, which is also a derivative of stocks. Okay. Uh, well, can be, can be. Um, and then within that, you have different strategies. It's just the same thing yeah, like yeah. Uh, real so, estate, you know. Yeah, within that, you let's so let's take let's take stock let's take the equities market, right? So within that, you have. Um, uh, you have the Nasdaq, and you have uh, what's the other one? Not S and P. 
the, the actual the actual market the uh, chinese the NY, market you have the nyse and the nasdaq yes. oh yeah near stock exchange yeah. yeah yeah those are the two major ones but then you have also have the chicago the the chicago one the s the sme that's where the futures are traded um so uh those are that's those are actual markets now you uh now within that you have the s&p and the dow but those are indexes so the indexes take companies that the index they're basically like boards and they basically say um you know these 30 companies we want to like track so that the dow chooses 30 and the s&p chooses 500 uh, the, the the one that the you know news tickers cnn they always follow the dow right everyone always just a Dow there, but the Dow is only really 30 companies. So basically what they're saying but is the whole market is predicated on 30 companies. But you know. they're, they're like the companies that really run shit that have are high earners or I don't know what, what is the, uh, so it's, it's, it's all, um, it's all price-based. So Dow, so I'm getting real. So stop me if I'm getting like real technical. So the Dow is price-based. So they'll say, they'll sit there and say like, um, uh, this company, Apple, is at 139 or something and, like that. Uh, you got to excuse me if I'm getting this wrong because I'm uh, sipping this wine. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'm on a turn model, bro. I'm feeling like so they, they'll right take now. like the 30, they'll take like the 30 biggest companies based on like price. But the S&P does it on like capitalization, like on how, you how know. How profitable I, the company yeah, is. Yeah, like, like market market cap. Yeah. Right. So I think that, I think following S&P is a better barometer than the Dow. But the Dow is the one that gets the most attention. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right. So let's take it back a little bit, right? Let's say yeah. I'm new to investing. I've I've never done this before. I have about maybe a hundred to two hundred per month to put into a brokerage to try to invest. Like, oh, that's easy. What's the first step you would you would tell me oh, to do? I think if you if if you don't know what the heck you're doing, don't go into stock picking. Get an ETF that follows the S and P. Right. So one of them, uh, one of them that, that I like a lot is VOO. That's Vanguard's S and P fund. Mm-hmm. And explain to them, explain to people why you would do that. Because of what I said before, you're trading against people that are one of professional stock traders, or two, they may not be professional, but they know what the heck they're doing. And so you can lose a lot of money trying to stock pick when you don't know what the heck you're doing. So. Safest way, or if you if you will, if you know you really like tech companies, they, uh, you know, yeah, there, there's ETF for tech companies, there's ETF for dividends, there's ETF for oil companies. They they got funds that are specific to everything. But if you're just starting out, I would just say, hey, look, just just follow, just invest your money in one that um, tracks the S and P. But what about yeah. follow, like your boy? Um, what's the dude's name? Uh, Zeus? No. <laughs> the the best stock exchange dude. Um, There's several. No, Bella? don't do that. No, no this one, Carl Icahn. I follow Carl Icahn. That's my Warren name. Buffett. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Come on, y'all. The Michael Jordan of the stock market, baby. Warren Buffett. You knew I was talking about Warren Buffett the whole time. No, he wanted to like make me struggle. I'm an asshole, and I like I like making uh making Lisa's life difficult. But uh, let's get on Warren Buffett, right? And so, like, everyone... The Coca-Cola man. I love Warren Buffett, but you can't trade like Warren Buffett because Warren Buffett has billions of dollars, and he's a market mover. You're not a market mover. You have one or $200 a month 
So the biggest key advice or in layman's terms, what, what you were trying to say is instead of picking an individual stock and going with that and having a large amount of risk, you could do something like a SPY or a VOO where it'll, it'll put you invested into like a Fortune 500, all the top Fortune 500 companies. Exactly. So whatever the market is doing, so if the entire market is doing well, you'll do well. You know what yeah, I mean? Opposed to just that, that one risk, particular right? company. Exactly, and it spreads your risk. Mm-hmm. You know if, what I'm saying? So, if um, you had to put just some, you know, generic percentage gains out there from from investing in uh, these types of um, indexes or ETFs. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think traditionally the S and P uh, every seven years your money doubles, right? Rule yeah, it's like 12, I think you I think yearly the annual return is twelve percent. Right. And so what they say is, if you're stock picking or you're doing futures or you're doing options, if you can't gain twelve percent of your money, then you need to just invest in the S and P because you're not very, <laughs> you're not very right. good. Right. Which right. is not right. bad. I mean, yo, that that it's not just like anything. It's not it's not easy. Uh, it takes time to learn. But why lose money? So 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 that brings to my, so that's a good segue to the point I'm about to make. What's your advice to people? What's your advice? And both of y'all can chime in. What's your advice for people who have savings accounts? Yeah. Like me, <laughs> and people who just want to put like most of their money in savings accounts and, and and not really be aggressive in a four hundred one k or put money inside to the Berkshire accounts and do future trades. What's your advice to people who just you know piling the money in their savings account? But that's that's not me. But yeah, so so cash is king. So having a little bit of money is good because I tell you what, during a downturn, you actually have money to invest, right? But on the flip side, you don't want to put too much money into it because you're losing. The interest rate is trash. Right. CDs, CDs and savings ain't like when our grandmas were giving us those uh those, those saving bonds. Savings bonds, yeah, there <laughs> you go. Those, those double E, the double E bonnie. I know all about it, Carl. You already know that. <laughs> yo, because the interest rate used to be good. Yeah. Yo, you know what's crazy about it, yo? I know when you when you cash those saving bonds, right? When you surprised at how much like I think all of them, all, I think every single bond I cashed, man, doubled like well, actually it was almost triple the price triple the value the of the initial, what the bond was. Yeah, the initial, right? Yeah. And so I, I don't mean to get real technical too, but so the whole the whole fiscal policy has kind of changed from um, when it, whenever the fiscal policy goes to like whenever the interest rate goes to zero percent, like it is now. I think it's like damn near zero percent. The whole fiscal policy changes. So now they're just now they're at a point where they they're like, they're like, hey, look, we can pay our debts. Just print money. So are you saving? So are, 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 are you saying saving accounts are, are going to be obsolete? Savings accounts? No, savings accounts. No, they're not absolutely. I mean, well, 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 I mean, you're not gonna be able to retire. You're not gonna be able to retire on a savings account. Well, hey, I know that, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like far as the interest rate is concerned. It's it's the same as a checking account. Bank on that? Never, never bank on that. That's like you get point zero zero one percent on a savings account. Like there's nothing in there. I do believe here. My my philosophy is you want to have money for to 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 take care of your expenses for at least six months you also want to have like you know a rainy day fund but my philosophy is i don't want to be too liquid um and, but so you you, you, you so in your personal not well i ask you and you you don't have to answer answer if you do not like to so you're saying that you have six months worth of expenditures plus a rate a rainy day fund in your savings account at all times yeah at least at, at least. least okay yeah. okay Okay, so you 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 like you like to have a nice savings account too, then? No, I think at the very least you need to have that because if if life happens, you just need to be stable for six months to a year 
And I believe you need to be, yeah, you just need to be able to take care of yourself for at least that amount of time. But I also believe that if, if you go beyond that, I don't believe in being super liquid unnecessarily. I do believe, though, you need to pay attention to the economy and what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need to be very liquid. Like right now, I would suggest you being very liquid um, because mm -hmm. when shit hits the fan again, you need to be able to capitalize off that. So we didn't know last March, you know, COVID was going to hit and the stock market was going to perform the way it did. Um, but we did know if you paid attention that there was going to be some type of correction. So people were, were gearing up for that. You know what I mean? And they had been gearing up for that for maybe like the, the last like year and a half, maybe two years. Because you were always hearing something's going to happen. Something's going to happen again because of that 10 year cycle. Um, but so we so then we had this. um this other factor, you know what I mean, that nobody thought, nobody had thought of, unless you were maybe Bill Gates and you created it. Was it Bill Gates or, um, yeah, that great. Any, all those market movers. Yeah, so anyway. It was like, William. It was, it was <laughs> Hold on. So, so. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I, sometimes you need to, you know, be, what, what is the Warren Buffett? When, when people are scared, you know, be that's greedy. be greedy. And when people are greedy, you need to chill out. And mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. those are, those are some of the principles I, I, I firmly believe in. And, but at the end of the day, I think your money should be working for you, which is what I mean by not being super liquid. Like your money should be invested somewhere, putting in work, building some type of return. Um, and when you need to access it, it needs to be accessible. Either you're going to be working or your money's going to be working. Absolutely. That's the only way you make money, honestly, is, is when you are when you are making it and you don't physically have to be present. That's yeah, when that's life a fact. is. That's what I love about the stock game, man. So Lisa, Can I get back on Warren Buffett for just a second? Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. to respond to the Warren Buffett thing. So everyone Brother like, Buffett. You know, like, I, I, what I was mainly trying to say before was invest like early Warren Buffett, not like present-day Warren Buffett. Well, that nigga's about to like croak, right? Well, so, like, uh, his uh his autobiography I don't know if it's autobiography or his or if it's his biography but it's, uh one of those two Snowfall is a good book S mm. Snowball um mm. so it goes back and it like you know it goes back to his how he was investing early and looking at you know he was an avid reader so he would go through all these companies 10Ks which is like their annual financial report yeah, summary report yeah. and you know he had different metrics he was looking at and you know if a, you know he had different tests he was you know they uh, you know, he executed on these different companies' financials metrics, and you know, I think he bought like a, one of his major buys that did well for him that propelled him was a candy store. Um, but he saw that this candy, is, you know, this regional candy store was had such a crazy cash flow. He was like, "Why not buy it?" Mm -hmm. um, but now you can, you can't you can't invest like like him now. Like he he does deals. He's so rich, he can structure a deal so that he he knows within a hundred percent of certainty that he's gonna win on that deal. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do a deal that he doesn't that he's not gonna win on. That's power as money. Yeah. Like if you saw that so HBO had a uh uh a doctor they had a movie, um, and he actually played himself in the movie, uh, and it detailed like the 08 housing fall. And so the government basically went to him and said, Hey man, are you gonna are you willing to buy these banks? And he's like, nah, they're not low enough. Wow. I'm not gonna win. <laughs> hey, <I'm>, <laughs> yeah, that's why you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a question for both of y'all, bro. I'm sorry to derail your uh, your episode, but no, 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 no. This is all gems, dog. I mean, trust me, I I love hearing it. You know, what I mean, 
Uh, I do got a question for both of y'all though. Uh, <laughs> what's the most what's the most common mistake you guys see like, amongst your peers um, as far as how they handle their their financials on a regular day basis? Like, are you know, do you see a lot of people that are keeping up with two, you know keeping up with the Joneses with the social media area, or is it more just people just being you know real, too old school in their methods as far as how they should move their money and taking risk? Uh, what's like the what's the common mistake that you guys see amongst the peers, especially you know you know what I mean. At our age group, that you think that you know that it may be hard for you to say to them, but you know, in back of your mind, you're like, "Yo, you're fucking it up. Dead. You're fucking it up." <laughs> Dead. So I'll say two. One is not knowing what they actually spend on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where budgets come in. And two, chasing the next deal. Like you'll see, like uh, I think Lisa was alluding to this earlier, but you'll you'll see something like. Uh, um, oh, Apple is splitting their stock again. Let me buy after I heard the news. Or, I mean, let me buy after they split the stock. It's like, man, you didn't do your due diligence. It's too late. You're chasing the deal, mm-hmm. and you end, up go, you end up losing. Now, I'm not saying oh, me, buy, I'm not saying buying Apple stock is ever a bad deal because I don't think Apple stock is ever bad. But that's just an example. It's still lower than what I bought it. At. Yeah. <laughs> or higher. No, lower. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, I just don't think people take enough. Um, I feel like one income is too close to no income. And and I think um, we've been conditioned to, to, to work and hold nine to five and not really create other opportunities for ourselves. So I feel like a lot of people have excess cash. If, you know, going back to what we just talked about is how much money should you have on hand? Um, I, I know a lot of people who just have money and it's just sitting and it's not really working for them. Mm. Um, that's primarily because people aren't putting in the work to understand like what can I do to create additional uh, streams of income for myself where I don't have to necessarily do the work or maybe I might have to do a little bit of work but this is an additional stream for myself um, that could potentially uh, provide me with extra sources of income today and, and years down the road so that's my thing is like let's let's like maximize our like potential and I don't think a lot of people are. Let me ask you this. Um, do you guys have rules when it comes to financing liabilities? Rules? What do you, what do you mean? Like, so, uh, like, like a car that's not going to make you money, that's not going to, you know, gain value. Like, what are your rules when it comes to purchasing that? Will you finance? Yeah. And if you do finance, like, do you have barriers that you won't cross? Yeah, I don't, I don't, a rule of mine is don't over leverage. So, um, you know, again, real estate is like my thing. And so, you know, if you could create an opportunity for yourself in real estate without financing um, or over leveraging yourself, I, I do believe that that's the better approach. Um, I think buy low, sell high is also an approach or a rule of mine. I had one other, I just forgot it though. <laughs> I basically broke all those rules. Uh. <laughs> so what we would like to do, you know what I mean, as we uh, go ahead and uh, kind of wrap up a little bit, we all three of us would like to ask both of you some closing questions. So um, I'll go first. Um, my closing question to you all is, what do you guys believe the importance of, um, or how do you guys view debt, or especially like consumer debt uh, outside of like real estate? 
And then secondly, um, you know, uh, being a frugal um, and, you know, kind of self-denial to things that you may not need. Um, what is you guys' thoughts or views on that? I'll let you go as a real estate person. <laughs> okay. Um, one more time, could you kind of like... So basically, essentially what I want to know is... <laughs> yeah, y'all getting a little saucer. So essentially what I want to know is, how do you guys view debt? You know what I mean? So, I, I, you know, I would consider both of y'all, you know what I mean? And I mean, Lisa, you know, I'm kind of just meeting you. I think I met you one time before tonight, but I don't know uh, per se you exactly, but I, I'm, I'm assuming you're doing well. Okay, yeah, very well. So what I want to know is, how do you guys view, like, debt? You know, and then, you know, uh, how big is being, like, frugal uh, a part of uh, you guys' lives? Yeah, I, I mean, I think debt is debt is a tool, like, it truly is, you know, your FICO score really, um, drives a lot. And so you, you gain a higher score through acquiring some type of debt and handling it responsibly. So like, I totally, uh, believe that debt could be a very, very, very powerful tool. Um, but you need to be responsible you need to handle it responsibly and adhere to some of the principles you know like they say don't if you have a credit card don't utilize more than like 30 percent and um you know just little things like that i think are are definitely ways to um handle debt and handle it well like personally like i believe like every everything that I purchase is purchased on a credit card. I'm using I'm using that debt, mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm taking advantage of all of the benefits. So like those three percent cash backs or those five percent cash backs or those points that you acquire, um, it's normal expenses that I would incur. But I'm just I'm actually everything is hitting my credit card because I want to take advantage of those perks. Um, are you paying I'm the also, balances down to zero uh, every I'm month, or will you carry debt? Absolutely. No, no, no. Because so that's so when I say it, it's like debt is a tool, right? And we need to use it responsibly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I incur what it is that I can pay down because, again, you know, the interest rate is something that we want to get around. You don't ideally want to pay any interest on the money that you're, you know, quote unquote borrowing. So ideally, you don't use more than you would typically spend on your bank account. So if I have $200, I'm not going to hit my credit card more than $200. <laughs> right. that okay. And Carl? Carl's mad frugal. Like, <laughs> talk about it, Carl. I mean, what, uh, what do you, what do you think about, yeah, what do you think about you, debt? You ask Carl, uh, uh, yeah, he's right now. Uh, Take you, so, baby. Uh, I, I am a little frugal. Um, you know, a lot of frugal. You're frugal as shit, bro. When I splurge, I splurge. Right. What uh, is the last thing he splurged on? Uh, that he splurged on that rooftop in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. Or the Tesla, I don't know. He splurged on that joint, I'll tell you that. So, so, so I'll I tell you the story that behind both those went real fast. So, like, uh, my homegirl was getting a Tesla, and she's like, yeah, can you go into the, uh, uh, can you go into the shop with me? And uh, yeah, I just got to check on a couple of things in my order. So I go into the shop. I'm just looking around. And the guy's like, hey, you want a Tesla? I want one of them. I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Sold me within five minutes. I was like, when I sign on, and I, I thought I was gonna have my Ford Fusion 
for like the next like eight years after that. Yeah, because you were driving a Ford Fusion with a fixed oh, bike yeah. rack on the back of that thing. Oh yeah, I was, oh yeah. Oh, that was that was a golden car. I love that car. And good call on, on the bike rack. I've had a ticket in my space. Yeah, a bike rack, but no bike on the back. <laughs> I love it, bro. I learned from Carl. Carl's like, yo, man, leave that bike rack on the back of that on that back of that trunk. You won't get not one goddamn ticket, bro. And I haven't had a ticket in months, bro. So basically, call, Calvin's, Calvin's oh, yeah. bike rack so covers his tag. You damn right. For you DC people, I'm gonna throw out a gem for y'all. Throw the, the bike camera, rack on. Yeah, throw the bike rack on the bike on the, no on bike. the car because it covers your back. It covers your back um, license, and you won't get any camera tickets. No tickets. And I went through a few lights. I know, I, and I know I went through them. I went through them bravely too, boy. Bravely. Oh, yeah. no, no, one year I had like a thousand dollars tickets. I, I threw that bike rack on there. No, eight thousand. Eight thousand. You had thousand dollars in tickets, bro. You had eight eight yeah. eight eight thousand dollars in tickets. No, no, I had I had a thousand dollars. Eight thousand. One thousand. Oh, eight. I just said eight. That's, that's still pretty high, bro. That's still pretty high. That is. That's high shit, Carl. But, but so DC basically, tickets, what you're telling me is that your bike rack was also another investment. Oh, it's $30. Yeah, $30. It's, it's a great investment. 30000 30 bucks to save a thousand. And it can save you a thousand. It's a pretty good guard, if you ask me. Bro. It looks trash, but it's effective, though, boy. It's effective. I don't mind the look, right? You know, I, I don't mind it. the look. I've been, I I've been it. doing every day. I hate it, boy. It's an asshole. My blackness, it, boy. My blackness goes down a little bit, though. <laughs> it does. And the lack of no tent, too, boy. <laughs> don't put a tent package on. No tent and a bike rack. You're good to go, boy. Hey, Carl, you getting a tent on the, uh, on the Tesla or nah? Nah, thank you. Get the mobile, man. Get the classic. It's a classic look, bro. Especially with those pure cocaine white seats he got in there, boy. (laughs) Leave a tent off. It's it's no tent for motivation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And and stick your arm out so everybody can see that black arm hanging out of that Tesla. That's that's very. That's that's very. I do it all the time. That's a statement. It's a statement. All right. Um, for my final question, I have both for y'all. It's going. It's going. It's going to. It's going to. It's going to. It's going to go towards a little dating a little bit. All right. What uh so for both of y'all, what's the what's the what's the the non negotiable you guys have when it comes to the person's finances? Mm, that's big. As it pertains to somebody they're looking at dating. Yeah, you're looking at dating. Okay. What would you be like? Oh hell, the fuck now. What, what are your out. deal breakers in a potential uh, spouse financially? Mm. And I know you, Lisa. You're gonna be like, if you don't have at least four jobs, it may get about two point three eight million dollars no. per quarter. No, <laughs> I'm gonna take you. the Whitley approach. If, so Whitley, he needs to be enterprising, ambitious. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I, I just need somebody who, um, you know, is a hustler and who makes a way for himself. Um, so ninety-five. So only ninety-five. So ninety-five won't cut it. No, no, no. There's a concept of being an entrepreneur, and then there's also a concept of being an intrapreneur. And then being an entrepreneur is you are within an entity, an established organization, but you are a creator within that organization. And once you create, you add value. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, um, and that could come in the form of a bonus. Um, that could come in the form of a, a what is it? A salary increase. Yep. Um, so I'm a firm, firm believer. I just need you to be. Um, I need you to be creative. I need you to be uh, my, have a money mindset, and I I need you to be um, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm I'm okay if you work a nine to five. You just need to be a complete boss in your in your lane for sure. And I need I you to be you. passionate about something. I need you to be able to speak eloquently and and go into detail about what it is that you do and what it is that you're passionate about and what it is that's going to make us money. Mm. Got you. So no, 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 uh, no, like salary requirements, something like that. So if they meet that, that, 
what you just said, but they're making like 60 grand a year. That's, that's cool. Well, I mean, like I said, if you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, if you're enterprising, if you are, um, you know, if you meet these certain, if you check these certain boxes, then at the end of the day, salary doesn't matter because you're automatically probably banking, you know, more than me, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Like you're obviously doing well for yourself. Gotcha. Mm, Okay. Gotcha. Carl. So Lisa gave the great answer. I'm going to give you the C plus answer. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, just don't weigh me down. I'll make the money. Don't weigh me down. Mm. Yo, lady. Don't weigh me down. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. When you say don't weigh me down, are you? Don't weigh me down. Uh, that makes perfect sense to me, though, Seth. No, it makes it makes hell of sense. Now, when you say when you say don't weigh me down, now, Carl, and I, you know, I know you, you my brother, right? So, are you basically saying like they, you want a woman who's self sufficient? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, self yeah, self sufficient? How? Oh, I know how. Well, 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 a partner can economically weigh you down too. What do you mean? Like running That's up, running up consumer me. debt out the wazoo. Well, I, I think, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, but if you, I mean, like, look, student debt now is it's like a way of life now. So I, like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say like, oh yeah, you guys, you know, I, I was blessed not to have student debt, but I'm not going to not, I'm not going to turn away a woman who has student debt. But if if you got a plan to work it off, and you know, I mean, you you know, you into other things and. You know, you got a you got a financial plan, like you know, I bet. But if you just willy nilly living month to month, mm-hmm. that's a way down. It's weighing you down. And it's, yeah, that's stress I don't need. I don't need any more gray hairs. I already got like four. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, so basically, if, if, if you on a date and a, and a chick asking you like uh, you asking a chick, uh, you know, so you know, what you mess on your four one k? She be like, what the fuck is a four one? What's a four hundred one k? Run for the hills. Yeah, <laughs> don't wait, don't weigh me down, baby girl. Put yeah, that on a t shirt, bro. Don't weigh me down. Don't weigh me down. Don't weigh yeah. me down. That, that yeah. is the whole t shirt. Like, yeah. don't weigh me it down. It makes perfect sense to me, boy. Sure. Hey, I mean, it's 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 uh it's an important question, man. We all know like a lot of divorces end in financial, so you know, I mean I, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh clues and hints before you, you know, get into the situation. So I know for me personally, um I'm 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 right there with you, Carl. You know, I want a self sufficient woman. You know, I want a woman who doesn't doesn't need me for not a goddamn thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, hey, yo, hold on. Like Carl wanna date. Like Carl wanna date a man. That's what it sounds like. God, it, it, it I mean, not Carl. Man. I mean, Calvin. Calvin. My it's bad. not dating a man. It's, it's, I think everyone wants to be in a hold your own door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry all the groceries in yourself. God damn it. It's a way. It's a way you can be. You can be. You can show. You know, love for your lady, and and you know, and chivalrous act like that without. And still be, you know, want woman to be self sufficient. I'm, I'm just talking about yeah, more but, on the. But you said you want you want your your, your, your spouse <laughs> to be self sufficient in every way. I don't know any any your, any, any spouse your exact words. I mean, I don't look, want her you, to need me for a goddamn thing. You know? Okay, so 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 okay, it, it could be small things. Okay, like. Well, 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 okay. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying. Well, Carl, Carl, let me ask you this: Do you open the door for every girl you go on a date with? Initially, yeah. Stop no. it, Carl. I don't believe that. There you go. Initially, man, I don't believe you stop it. Open door? Wait, wait, wait. Do you do you refuse to open the door, bro? I don't refuse. No, I don't no, refuse. No, no, but no, I've been no, in situations no, no. where like, I have like, I have it's opened like, the, the it's, like, it's like if I'm ten feet behind you for some whatever reason and like like you know, and we've been dating for a while, like yeah, you got No 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 no. I'm talking about on the first second well, I'm on the first date. I'm not, I ain't talking about that when you're holding oh, yeah, your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a gentleman through and through, so you yeah, know. Yeah. I can't see you open the door, bro. I, I, I'm gonna lie. That's a, that's a problem for you. Both. I can't believe we're having this conversation. Yeah, it must be why Calvin's single, boy. God <laughs> no, damn, he don't open the door for me. I can't believe we're having God this conversation. Damn, no, 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 no. You know, I, I, I said, I said car doors. 
Calvin the type I, of I don't, Cal, I don't yeah, care. Cal, 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 Cal the type of dude to make his old lady pump the gas in two degree weather. Oh, Cal, get out there and get that gas. It's your thing. It ain't gas. It ain't my car. You pump it. I ain't no, no, that no, bad, bro. I said, after the initial, that's what I said initially. But initially, I'm gonna open the car door. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't do it every time. But, you know I mean? but strictly, but strictly, strictly, what I what my, my point was financially, you just want them to be able to carry their own their own weight Man, on, you know, on their finances. You know, it, would be, it would it would be love to not even have to think about money. Like both of you guys are on the same like yeah, like sure. if you can be on the same key like um, budget wise. And then when you guys go splurging, it's like not even a, it's like money's not even a thought. It's like you just having fun with each other. Is that because you're making all the money or because she's just created what, what, a life where y'all don't have to like worry about this? Either one, right? I mean, whatever works. Well, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I have a real quick question for both of y'all on, on, that, on that part. Are you both, are, are you 50 50 or are you, uh, when it comes to living expenses with your spouse or at least are you 100% the man and like 0% and, you know, this is a financial you show. Did you say if I'm the man? No, 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 no. I said I'm saying. Do you, you want? Do you want the guy? Do you want the man to pay 100 percent of the he definitely expenses? That. He definitely said that. Well, he definitely said you're the man. Like, you know, Jumbo. That's some. That's real important. Like I don't know. You know. I mean, I think. Are you kidding me, T? Hold on, hold on, pause, 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 pause. <laughs> 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 he definitely said that, bro. He definitely <laughs> said she's the man. Ain't a dad. I died out my mind. He said it. Can I? Can I talk? You can, you talk. can. You, you can. talk. You do it now. So my point is that it would be nice to have a man. Like Carl's point, I, I have a partner who, um, you know, money is not like a thing because we've both um, to the life for that, right? <laughs> but um, in the event that you know, not everybody is is balling out of control, you know, because I'm not balling out of control or anything. I do believe in percentages. So if combined, let's say combined, our income is six. I'm sorry, our income is a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If you make sixty thousand dollars of that, and I make forty thousand dollars of that, my thought around it is you contribute to sixty percent of our expenses, and I contribute to forty percent of our expenses. Yeah, like, so I, I get it. Yeah. I break yeah. everything down into percentages. That's, that's fair. That to <laughs> income ratio. But I everybody's love situation different. Like, Nah, babe, I got this. You know, if you make, if you contribute forty percent, baby, I will take care of your forty percent. That sounds like puppy love. No, that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds like that sounds like the initial puppy love. Yo, you know, I'm I'm all about equal women rights. I know you are. Nigga. Damn, I mean, yeah, I'm about something that's at heart. So I believe you know women should have the, the equal right to pay <laughs> their percentages just like men do. Alright, so. <laughs> So to close it out, last question, right? So we talked about your uh, both of your past deals, right? What is your ideal next deal, and what are you going to do to get it? That's a good one. Yeah, my Put ideal punk, next deal is like a syndication. So in a in mm. the real estate world, um. Or like something like a GPLP structure, like I, you know. So I'm looking at more. Um, hold on, hold on. Hold on. For those that don't that don't understand what you said, GPLP. What does that mean? I have no clue. Uh, general, general partner, par- yeah. Limited partner. So mm, that I just know. means. Smoke me. I don't know that one. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So that just means as the general partner, this is my deal, and mm-hmm. I bring in limited partners to um, help fund the deal. Mm-hmm. But oh, obviously, sure. the deal is very sweet enough for you to want to fund that deal. So. I I create 
uh, uh, no, Carl. He's trying to get us to drink more. I think- <laughs> <laughs> I think Take it to the rooftop, man. Take deal. it to the rooftop. You guys, I'm trying to explain the deal. Oh, my so, bad. Go ahead. Do you think, girl? Yeah, yeah. So I create a deal um, where, you know, there's the equity ownership is all mine, mm-hmm. but, you know, you, um, from a limited partner perspective, you provide me you're an investor and you provide funds there. Um, but it's still beneficial to you because you get a, a, a gain or a return at the end of the deal. Right. Oh, and this will be from a multifamily perspective. So we're talking about maybe, I don't know, 20 or more units, mm-hmm. 40 or more units. So I just create an opportunity where there's a value add, where there's a building or, or community that needs some type of um, update or renovation. Um, which is called value add. And, um, you know, I bring in a couple of investors to kind of help me, you know, fund this deal. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I uh, cash you guys out, whether that be six months Uh or like a year or two from now. Um, And, you know, you move on to your next investment because you are obviously balling out of control. You have money to just pour into an investment for six months to a year. So um, that's like ideal for me is to just scale and to create more opportunities for myself um, from a, a, a more door perspective. So Fact. I hope that makes sense. So 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 the benefit of, the benefit of that and correct me if I'm wrong is early on in the deal, right? You are um, dishing out money to your investors, right? One it's the interest rate that you promised them. And two, it's actually get them getting their investment back. And yeah, and that's early on. But once they get their investment back, they step off. But the, but the deal that you brokered is still yours. Yeah. Yeah. That could, so there's different ways to structure it, but you know, very traditionally that, that is how it could happen. But you know, there's, there's equity owners and then there's just true like investment owners. Mm. And so, it really just depends on how we structure the deal. But yeah, like, um, you know, ideally it would be, you know, you you want to park your cash for a little bit of time and then you want to get your cash back and then some and, and I'll create those opportunities for you. So that's probably how an, a limited partner should look at it. Got you. Carl. Yeah, you're right. Um, Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really have a five-year plan. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, so one of my boys uh, in Detroit, uh, he created a private equity firm for smaller businesses because, um, you know, basically he was finding that uh, smaller businesses in Detroit didn't have access to, uh, you know, debt or you know loans or whatever. So he created a private private equity firm based on that. Real real sharp guy. Um, and he's like ten times sharper than me. In terms of all that stuff, I kind I kind of want to do that, um, but using the underlying vehicle of uh, the futures market mm-hmm. um, with that. Um, so you know, like you know, I keep on mentioning that, but that's something that really excites me. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna have um, to look into this whole futures thing because you you guys seem like you got a lot of e for this boy, and uh, I trust your judgment, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's something you know, you know, something, right, so something I got a lot of interest on, so. So your next your next futures deal without really saying what the deal is because me personally well, I, I still well, don't you know, understand you know, it. I'm not explain the circumstance. Um. So 
so I, you know, like, like different strategies, like you can find different ideas for different strategies all over the place. So I don't know where my next idea for my next strategy is going to be or where it's going to come from. Um, so that, I mean, I know it's a big answer, but I don't know when, I don't know. I don't have a plan for my next deal. Like, I didn't even plan to buy this house until a month before I bought it. Um, Calvin can tell you that story. We were just we were literally just walking by, and just you know. Oh, I'm the one who there. asked. I'm like, yo, yo, my car. You want you want to check this house out? He was that's like, yeah, nice man, crib, man. yeah. Why not? Go in there. <laughs> beautiful house, man. Yeah, that's literally. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of willy nilly when it comes to big purchases. Um, so in order, like you know, Lisa has a plan, and you know, you know, she has a plan to become the you know the next real estate mogul of America. I don't. I'm just like willy nilly. So it sounds like trying to retire. Early. It sounds like your plan is to not pass up the next deal that that throws itself. Yeah, my at plan you. is to, my plan is to be ready for whenever something comes across my desk. Like you know, it's like get uh, be ready instead of get ready. Mm-hmm. That just means Carl has a lot of money, a lot of cash waiting <laughs> to be like spent. That's all that is. That's what I heard, Lisa. That's <laughs> Carl got the capital, boy. <laughs> Carl has a goddamn capital. All right. Well, you know, I mean, I just want to, um, you know, thank both of you for having me. You know, having us on the show, having y'all on the show. Yeah, we give us the we, time of the day. Y'all definitely drop some hella gems out. Yeah. Listeners yeah, will definitely love to hear. It's a Friday night, to. and I'm pretty sure y'all got other things. <laughs> hella, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the pandemic. Doing. Ain't much going on on a Friday night. You no know more, what I'm saying? You know? Ain't nothing going on. I don't know if y'all have anything y'all want to shout out for uh, as far as like where y'all can follow y'all or a statement you want to make before you guys leave. But um, yeah, you're more welcome to uh, share where they can uh, follow you guys at. You know, or give us a statement that you guys want to Especially say. Especially Lisa, if somebody you a real estate agent, if somebody's in the you know yeah. the DC area or Maryland area and they're looking to buy, where can they find you or reach out to you at? Yeah, um, I think the best one of the best ways is to hit up my IG page. It's underscore O H Lisa Marie in like how spell L I S A M A R I E, um, and then another underscore. So it's underscore O Lisa Marie underscore um that's my instagram if you want to like set up a consultation whether it be from an investor perspective a buyer perspective or a seller perspective that would be a great place you also hit my website there marie marie mays properties.com um um you know and if you hell i'll put my email address if you put it out there girls the bunker we got listeners now yeah (laughs) we do got listeners or so we pray Oh, we, like, do. Nah, we, no, do. we do. We, we do. do. Go, ahead, go, ahead, Lisa. go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, so my email is contact Lisa M at Marie. Oh, shit. At Maze. The Maze. The wine boy. That's the wine boy. <laughs> the wine's good over there in the DC. Over there, yeah, that was the wine. Yeah, try to, let's do it again. So it's what is it? Contact. It's contact Lisa M at the maze team.org. That's my email. So feel free to, you know, reach out to me directly. So I one love more time for people in the back, girl. Yeah. Like I, I connect with people all the time. Just, you know, from, a, again, an investor perspective or like a, a buyer sell perspective. If you have any questions, I love to like connect and talk. So yeah, hit me right. up, man. Do that. Carl, you want to put out your, uh, your social media yeah, or I'm, you? I'm only really heavy on, uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, at Carl with a C underscore Han Solo, um, and you know every now and again, you know, you know most of the time I be what, what, know, what, what is it, Carl? What, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? What, what is that? What? What'd you say? It's, I thought she's lying. 
at Carl with a C uh-huh. underscore Han Solo. Is that H O N or H A N? Han Solo. Oh, okay. Then let me spell the whole thing out. Yeah, because that's that's not yeah right yeah. Right. Niggas don't watch Star Wars, bro. Yeah, I don't know about the Star Wars, bro. All right, let me at. Go ahead, my bad. I'm sorry, man. At C A R L underscore H A N S O L O. And uh, every now and again, I, I drop. Some, yeah, you do. Uh, you you drop some gems, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, every every now and again, I like I'll talk about some like investments I'm doing or some stuff to like watch out for or some stuff I'm interested in. It's, um, yeah. So you know, it's it's. I guess I'm a good. I'm half. I'm a halfway decent follower. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. You're on Clubhouse too, right, Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on Clubhouse. Um, uh, I don't even know my name on. I don't know how to hey, find hey, the yo, bro, yo, what if you do, dog? You yeah, need to get oh, a, so if you decide to do the futures for uh, if you decide to do the futures nine to five, dog. You need to open up a channel, dog. You got you got a lot of information that yeah. people love to hear on a daily basis, bro. And I think you can monetize the shit out of it, bro. Because you know you're t- doing I've been it. Telling you and, to be on YouTube for a minute now. Yeah, bro. man. It just takes the time to start, but you know, I mean, definitely appreciate you having you and Lisa on, on the bunker, man. Yeah. Definitely would love to have you have y'all back. You know, we'll get some more conversations about finances or even more. We can deep, dive deeper. But um, definitely love having y'all on the show. The Bunker Podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I fuck with you. And we'll hit y'all up, man. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate both of y'all. Thank you for having us. Yeah, right, no problem. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all take care, man. Right. Yeah, thank man. They, they was putting us down, man. There's so much, so, much, uh, so much valuable information between them two. I know it was a lot. And it's impossible to disperse everything. And Hold on, how, 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 how long are we on for? Yeah, man, we, it's we, like a buck forty right buck now. 40. Woo! Yeah, yeah, buck Actually, 40. Actually, yo, buck that's 40. good. Yeah, you know, Joe Rogan's still going. He's like, I got another hour and a half. Yeah. But we you know what? Our listeners out there, man, reach out to us on at Bunker Podcast One. Let us know. You know, what I mean, do you prefer shorter episodes or longer mm-hmm. episodes? Because we still trying to figure that out. Figuring out. out man. And yeah, it yeah. seems like we're getting such a mixed blend. You know, what I mean, we maybe need to do a survey. One of them survey. Yeah, do a survey. And also, man, what's a review? Anyone wants to talk about? Let us know, man. We'll, we'll, we'll suggest it. Give yes. you any, uh, you know, whatever we'll take platform all feedback. you are listening on, Spotify, please, Apple. We definitely appreciate it if Google you like podcast. the uh, episode and the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. And like also button, leave baby. a review. Give us an honest review. Give that five yeah. star. Five if you hate it, tell us you hate it. If you but love still it, give us tell, a five us, star. tell us you love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? yeah. yeah, you can hate it, but. Put the five stars though, bro. That's I'm gonna give you five stars, but I'm gonna tell you what I don't like. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like when you go over an hour and thirty eight minutes. You know, yeah, it was the five stars. <laughs> I don't like I don't like Calvin's fucking voice. Say what you want. Hey yo, but this lint ball in your beard been <laughs> bothering me the entire episode. Yo. Hey man, the Nike hoodies, bro, do it every time. But yo, you Are got you like mul- me, you got multiple colors the in the there. Bunker right? I had about three different hoodies on today. Or was it the hoodie you I, had? I, I had a burger joint, I had a little gray joint, and I had my little uh, lime. Yeah, because your, your frat shirt has hella pink uh, lint balls over that shit, but I ain't gonna lie to you, boy. Rest in peace to Zoro, man. Yeah, for sure. 1294, oh, yeah, I bought the man. shirt, man. I bought the shirt. Lost the brother man. to COVID, man. It's uh, it's real, man. It's so, real out here, man. All the homies out there in Texas and Georgia, y'all <laughs> doing your thing? Damn, bro. <laughs> just, just, just think about that. You know what I mean? Just think about that. Is, it, is, is, uh, is some yams worth getting the COVID? Yeah. And, her, and a single bro? It depends what the games look like because it may be worth the COVID. But yeah, man. One put that of, mask on. I talked to one of the bros down there in Dallas, man. He told me Founders Day weekend he went to three different clubs. and then That's insane. He said he had cold for three weeks. Well, he deserves it. Dog told me he felt like he's going to die, man. He I'm sorry to hear that. He said, he said, he was like, man, I, I felt. He said, hold on, hold on. Did he, is he, is he good now? No, he's good. Oh, he's okay. good. But he, he told me, he was like, oh, I learned my lesson the very hard way. He was like, bro, for the. But what's the way that hard, though? Because I, I wouldn't go to a club now. 
you know, a lot of people think, you know, they get the COVID, they might be down like two, three days, and then they get like a two-week vacation. No, you, you could know? die. We know that yeah. firsthand experience. We went to a COVID yeah. funeral. Yeah. So we know. It's but, just real. But to, to the people who believe that, the, the numbers, the majority, I, I know way more people who have caught COVID and successfully beat it, no problem, than I do who died. We all have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we all have. have. So, people, sure. so people look at that. They're like, people ain't dying. You know what I mean? But I'll say this, though. It's, it's been a lot of evidence out there in the COVID world where a person who is of healthy standards lost their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? However, everybody that's healthy may have some type of con- condition yeah, that they have yeah. no idea about. They don't but, even know about. Right? But yeah. I, I will say this, though. Black people in general don't go to the, the hospital and get checked up. The healthy checkers like we supposed to as a as a people and as a and, and a several and the several reasons why that is i mean we all know i mean we're on the die die deeper into the situation but long story short you may not know what you have and covid is bringing out a lot of pre-existing conditions that people have when they're dying but don't look at the uh the the situation people who die who had like pre-existing i mean obviously that happened and that's definitely a big uh issue and yo, there's so there's another thing too. So when a lot of black people go to the doctor, some of our doctors go to the bare minimum to do, oh, our, most to do our checkups. But that's another episode on that. Hell like, yeah, for sure. You know, we know. Yeah, we appreciate know. y'all for tuning into the bunker, man. We we listen. We definitely are bowing to all of y'all right now. Cause and the last thing I just wanted, to, if I could, the last statement I could make, if uh, if you know you you you're you're happy with the episode and you really want to get into stock investing. Um, I would love to share with you guys a link that'll get you on Robin Hood. It'll get you a free stock. <laughs> Do me a favor, follow me on Instagram at no ig six, mm-hmm. and that's uh no n o i g i g of course the number six i x. That's where you can find me. I love to share a link with you where you can get on Robin Hood for the price of one house. You get a free start stock to start. I mean, so hey, you know what's funny about that? You know, it, you know what's funny about that is, I had I had I had. Robin Hood. So the fact that if I had Robin Hood right now, I'd be like, "What the?" It's like, but you know, what's funny about yo hey. people follow. If, if Rick sends you a link to a free stock, take it. Yeah. It's free money. Yeah. I understand, yeah. and you know, and Rick, tell him, yo, yeah. you had some good ass stocks yeah. when you first yeah. opened it. Yeah. I mean, you I, had a Microsoft stock. And talk Mi- about the, yeah. talk about Microsoft, please. Yeah, I won uh, based off of just somebody, you know, doing the whole peer to peer sharing and stuff like that. Um, I've got Microsoft. Um, I've gotten. Oh, man, I, you got I, Microsoft I, at what, I, like in the, in the late seventies, <laughs> right? Yeah, late seventies, and Microsoft has exploded since then. Um, I got an Apple. They talking I, I about seventy? You got Apple stock going from what? Not Apple. Yeah. Yeah, he was getting so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Carr was yeah. like, "What the fuck? This nigga Rick is yeah. getting everything." Yeah, yeah. I caught Apple. I caught Microsoft. Then I caught I caught the BS ones like Fitbit. You did, but you was get, you you had some heavy hitters. I had some wins though. I had and, some wins. But either yeah. way. It's a free money. So yeah, the way you look at it, it's free money. Sure. It's, it's a way to start your process. Uh, Robinhood is a free brokerage account. Most brokerage now accounts are definitely free uh, for trading. So if you get, pick if, your poison, man, pick, pick your poison, pick your poison. But what I'll say this, I will say this though: you have you to get out ahead, the guys. savings. You to, no, no, no. I mean, you have to get the savings game. Exactly, and that's the biggest thing. Like for me, man, you know, I'm I'm a little bit got to got diverse. After after speaking with Carl one on one, I realized that. Um, my net worth, uh, my percentages of what's in my savings is actually pretty decent, but um, I still think I'm a little heavier uh, in my savings account than what I need to be. And I think about if I would have put, um, you know, let's say 40 to 50% of what's in my savings account in the market when it was at its lowest point, 
where I would be sitting right now. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. So, but you're learning. You're learning. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, learning. learning. I'm learning, and, and I'm doing. I'm doing pretty you're well. Doing good, you know, I'm doing yeah. good. But I mean, there's always room for improvement. So, you know, if you are a cash hoarder, I, I consider myself to be somewhat of a cash hoarder a little bit. If you're a cash hoarder, just realize that the rate of inflation versus your uh, rate. Interest rate uh, on the uh, savings account, it doesn't make sense you to hold on to all that cash. You're, you're losing money. You're losing money. You might as well, like I, I'll tell you all the time, you might as well put the motherfucking uh, money in, in your bucket mattress. Yeah, you Because that shit ain't growing, growing point, at all. That point, at least I said it earlier, that point zero zero one percent ain't kicking no ass. Kicking you know what no I mean? Ones. You might as well put it in the ETF, like Carl said, and get 12%. And the rule of thumb, every seven years, those indexes, indexes double your money. Mm-hmm. And please pardon Rick's Baltimore accident. He said cash hoarder, not cash whore. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say he was a cash whore, all right? <laughs> hey, man, but I appreciate y'all love, man. Like I said, like the button, follows that Instagram, Bunker Podcast the Bunker One. Podcast. And then we're going to keep it going, man. And remember, hit that like button and hit that motherfucking five stars. And pass the goddamn bottom. The Bunker Podcast. The Bunker Podcast. With Rick. Big Rob and Cali Cow. The Bunker Podcast. The Bunker Podcast. Yo, I've been calling my basement the Bunker.